0: everyone, Kirk here as we come to the end of my summer break in year four of Strong Songs. I've been taking the month of July off, doing a lot of practicing, a lot of writing music and a, a lot of guitar playing in particular. I've been taking lessons with a new guitar teacher and it's been really great. I've just learned so much, have developed so much more facility on the instrument, have such a better sense of the fretboard. It's been a very rewarding process and I'm sure one that I'll talk about more in the near future on the show. So I will be back with new episodes of Strong songs on August twelfth, and in the meantime I'm gonna be recovering from COVID because I totally have COVID right now as I record this. Don't worry, as far as I know this new variant is not transmissible via podcast. Um it's been kind of a bummer having COVID is a is a real drag, as I'm sure a lot of you know, but I'm doing okay. Um I don't think it's gonna mess up my production schedule for the show, though I am taking it very easy this week. So I just wanted to drop a little something in the feed for you all, and this time it's going to be one of the bonus episodes that I have been releasing for Patreon patrons of Strong Songs. This was one of the first little bonus mini that I released at the start of year four, and it's the answer to a jazz mystery that has confounded listeners of this show for several years now, and actually it was kind of a thrilling conclusion, at least for me, being that I am a huge jazz nerd who was perplexed by this lick and just could not figure out what it was. So I've been doing one of these kind of mini-sodes each month. This is on the shorter end actually, some of them are a little bit longer, a little bit more in depth. I just did one about Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill, which was really fun. I recreated this sort of groove and the sound of that song. I generally like to do just a kind of add-on to whatever uh, an episode I did that month was, like I did an episode with just a few more solos from the soloists that I highlighted on Strong Solos Volume 1, or some of my favorite Zelda music that I didn't manage to get to in my Zelda episode, some more Beatles covers, some more thoughts on the cars, that kind of thing. So it's been really cool having this bonus feed, just having somewhere to put little extra stuff for patrons of the show. So if you want to check out more of those, I really do hope that you'll consider becoming a patron of Strong Songs. Obviously it's nice to be able to offer patrons a little something extra, though that's never really been quite the vibe with Strong Songs. I just appreciate that people support me making the show, which makes it very easy for me to make it. I don't have to deal with ads and and all of that that kind of stuff. Um, But really, I mean, if you like this show, if you like listening to it, hey, I hope that you'll consider becoming a patron because that really is what makes it possible for me to keep doing this. And I really like doing this. I really like making this show for you all. Okay, so put on your detective hats and let's go solve a Strong Songs jazz mystery. everyone, I hope that you're all doing well here in the Strong Songs bonus feed. Thanks, as always, for being patrons. I had a fun thing that I wanted to share with you all. Here at the start of Strong Songs year four, at the start of a new year, the start of 2022, I have the solution to a long-standing Strong Songs mystery. If you are hearing those notes and they sound familiar to you, it's probably because you've been listening to Strong Songs for a little while, and you're probably aware of the fact that those notes led to some some uh, some mystery solving, some questions raised by this show, and some attempts to answer it by listeners over the last couple of years. It first came up. When I talked about art blaking the jazz messengers recording of "Monin" of Bobby Timmons's "Monin" in year one, that's a recording from 1957, released I believe in 1958, and uh, Lee Morgan in his trumpet solo, he plays this quote right here. <laughs> So that's kind of a well-known quote at this point. This is something that jazz musicians will frequently reference in their solos. It's a little bit of a cute thing that you do for people who are in the know. I talked about this on the episode, and I referenced the fact that Clifford Brown, the great trumpet player Clifford Brown, recorded the same lick or the same quote, whatever it is, a few years earlier in 1954 with his quintet on the Duke Jordan song, Jordu. So there it is again just that little quote now I always figured that was Lee Morgan quoting Clifford Brown two young turbo players who definitely would have known each other Lee would have been listening to Clifford a few years earlier and it makes sense that he would have been quoting him so you've just got this quote. Not totally clear where it comes from, but it does sound like some kind of a song or something. Like it wasn't just Lee Morgan quoting Clifford Brown, you know, a lick that Clifford Brown played. It sounded like Clifford Brown was quoting something too, but I wasn't totally sure what it was. So, of course, anytime I mention not being sure what something is, a bunch of people will write in and try to figure out what it was, which was then a really fun mystery that we tried to solve and have been trying to solve for a couple of years now. The closest anyone got was the song Turkey in the Straw, which is this kind of old Americana tune that um, was played on a trumpet in its original recording and does have some of the same notes as the line that Clifford Brown and Lee Morgan played. So that's Turkey in the Straw being played by the great trumpet player George Rock back in the 1940s, and you can kind of hear there's a similarity there in the melody. The, uh, the quote that Clifford and Lee are both playing sounds like this, and the opening of Turkey in the Straw sounds like this. so kind of similar. Could be they were quoting it. It never quite felt right to me, though. And I know some other people wrote in and they were like, you know, that just doesn't quite seem like it for a number of reasons. That song was really associated with minstrel shows and people would perform it in blackface, which doesn't seem quite right for jazz musicians to be quoting it. But then again, you know, folk songs kind of travel all around. They go to a lot of different places. So it was possible. It just didn't quite feel like it for a number of reasons. In the interim, I actually kept hearing this quote. At one point, I heard Rasan Roland-Kirk, the great saxophonist, multi-instrumentalist Rasan Roland Kirk quoting it. He was uh, playing flute, the flute solo on his tune Serenade to a Cuckoo, which he recorded in 1964. So there it was again. It was kind of taunting me in the middle of this really super hip solo by Rasan Roland Kirk. There's that quote again. And I just I kind of kept thinking about it. I kept stewing about what it might be, I kept getting emails from people who'd guess what it was, every so often someone else would write and guess that it was turkey in the straw, and each time I'd write back and be like, yeah, yeah, that might be it, but I don't know, that doesn't quite feel like it, so I kind of had resigned myself to maybe just never knowing exactly what it was, and then, out of nowhere, someone showed up to solve the mystery. Someone who had recently recorded a guitar solo that a lot of you had probably heard. Yes, that guitar solo was played by the one and only Jeff Bean, a fellow alumni of my high school, Bloomington High School North in uh, in Indiana, who had reached out to me last year after discovering Strong Songs and then realizing, hey, wait a minute, I think this guy and I grew up in the same hometown. So he had reached out. We had been kind of emailing, just having fun, reminiscing about school, talking about music. He's a really cool guy. And he wrote in out of nowhere and said, you know what? I think that I might have found the jazz standard that all of those musicians were quoting. So Jeff sent me a YouTube link, and I clicked on it, and the song started, and this is what I heard. Oh my god. That was it. That was the lick. The minute I heard it I knew. This is the song, All This in Heaven Too by Jimmy Van Heusen. That was the song that all of those musicians were quoting. So, this song was recorded by the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra back in the 1940s. I found it on YouTube, which can be a great resource for finding some of these old jazz recordings that are really only on vinyl, that aren't on streaming services. And it can be a nice archival service in this case. Uh, it's really cool to be able to hear the record and even to, to be able to look at the label on the vinyl, which labels this as a foxtrot, because, you know, people would want to know what type of dance is this going to be, since it would probably be played at dance halls. So yeah, this was composed by Jimmy Van Heusen, the great Jimmy Van Heusen, composer of many, many standards uh, that you probably know. He worked with a variety of lyricists, though he worked with Eddie DeLange on this one, kind of three main lyricists that he worked with, but he wrote Ain't That a Kick in the Head, he wrote Come Fly With Me, Only the Lonely, Darn That Dream, and Here's That rainy day two real book standards actually that every jazz musician has probably learned finn huesen wrote a lot of stuff and he wrote this tune as well all this in heaven too which was actually written as a feature for the great frank sinatra you give me your lips and your lips are so heavenly Stars in the sky are all free and they shine for me. I think that it's really wild how Frank sounds on this recording. He sounds wonderful, his voice is so delicate. He's just singing a little bit more in his mix than we've kind of gotten used to from some of his more famous recordings. You give me your arms, and your arms are like angel wings. Sweet to my ear His mix in particular, just that You'll give me your lips He's in that very delicate place that you can reach, you know, if you take care of your voice but his voice got a little bit rougher later in his life and the Frank that we all know and love from later in his career, that sound is just a kind of bigger sound It's still very smooth, but it's a little bit brassier In other words Hold my hand In other words, baby, kiss me. Fill my heart with song. I don't know, it's a subtle thing. I mean, he always had a very nice, very smooth voice. It just got a little bit got a little bit harder as he got a little bit older. That Fly Me to the Moon recording with Count Basie in 1964. Just back in 1940, he sounded really nice. He just sounds younger. It makes me want to go listen to some more older Frank Sinatra stuff. You give me your arms And your arms are like angel wings. At any rate, I just thought that was so cool and wanted to share it with all of you. Thanks so much to Jeff Bean for writing in and sharing that. Thanks to everybody who wrote in and tried to figure out what it was. I think that was a really fun process, and I'm really glad that we kind of cracked it here at the end. And I'll just leave you with this thought that I think this is a great example of the many, many ways that music is this ongoing conversation that different musicians learn from one another and sort of echo one another throughout the generations that this old song, recorded in 1940, then echoed out through the decades and continues to echo today. It just goes to show music is always changing, always growing, always in a state of becoming, and all we can each do is play our little role. Oh you give me your love, and your love is a melody. Deep in my heart, I will carry the song with me. You bring a love so divine. All this is mine and heaven too.